The following podcast has been paid for by Perch on the Top Rope. Perched on the top rope and Aussie Lucian's latest episode of Heat Magnet. I'm former Dirt Sheet writer and host of Perched on the Top Rope, Lee Walker. And we have Ben from Aussie Lucian. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are we? How was your WrestleMania weekend? Oh, man. So originally I was <laughs> supposed to be at WrestleMania, but as you know, uh, I had surgery, and because of the stitches and the fear of blood clot, I couldn't fly to make it. Uh, we had Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon as our guests at WrestleCon. I wasn't there for that, unfortunately. But other than that, I thought WrestleMania was pretty good. How was your WrestleMania weekend? I enjoyed it. Um, have you recovered from it? Was it a lot of late nights, early mornings for you? Oh, God. It was pretty bad, honestly. So, like, night one, night one went from, for me, I started watching wrestling to prepare for it very early. I was watching older an older WrestleMania, as I'm a fan of the golden era of wrestling, which I'm from. Uh, I picked a 1992 wrestlemania to kick things off watch that good good wrestlemania and then uh by then the pre-show came on and all that and the next day you know you had stand and deliver mm. watch that that was that was good for nxt you had wrestling on all day so by the time uh Oh, no, that was night one. So by the time night one had happened, I was already kind of beat. And then Sunday I had watched uh, the 92 WrestleMania to get ready for uh, night two. And I was tired, dude. I was like falling asleep. How about for you? Because it's different timing in Australia, right? Yeah. And like trying to fit it in between work as well. So I did, for me, WrestleMania Saturday, Sunday was... Sunday morning, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, Saturday you had SmackDown. We had the multiverse of matches. We had Supercard of Honor. We had GCW. Only thing out of that I never watched was Supercard of Honor. I fell asleep during multiverse of matches just out of fatigue. Worked Saturday night. Um, stand and deliver didn't start till 2 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not watching that live. <laughs> I, I was wrecked. I could barely keep my eyes open as it was. But 
I had to. I was meant to do the Sunday open shift, but I ended up swapping and doing the Sunday night shift. So while everyone's watching WrestleMania Night One, I'm catching up on Stand and Deliver, and then I had Monday off, so I stayed up all night, watched, started at GCW at three AM. That clusterfuck was awesome, stupidest thing ever, but. That's exactly why it was awesome. I enjoyed it. And then watch WrestleMania night one. Fell asleep. Woke up about an hour into WrestleMania night two. Uh And hands down for me, match of the weekend for WrestleMania was um, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Good. I thought that was a good match, by the way. I was pretty entertained by it. But uh, yeah, th- yeah, there was a, a lot of people with, you know, it being two nights think it's too much mm. that it needs to be one night. I'm, I can't sit there and watch 10 hours of wrestling in one night. I, I, I try, you know, prime example, I tried this weekend, you know, you had stand and deliver for us on mm. Friday was ROH Supercard of Honor and Impact Multiverse of Matches. Yeah. You know, so between SmackDown, Multiverse of Matches with Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, ROH Supercard of Honor pay-per-view, WWE Hall of Fame, four things going on all at once. You're trying to make sure catching everything, and I couldn't couldn't catch everything. It was too much. You know, and then into Saturday... That's the whole reason we've got the two nights is because the last time WrestleMania was one night was Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair in that triple threat match, and the crowd was just cold. Yeah, it, it's it's too much, you know. Um, um, my friend, what was that an eight hour pay per view? Yeah, if you include the pre show, because I think it was what five hours, and then the pre show was three hours. So that crowd in the stadium was there for eight hours. Yeah, I believe. That's- it was midnight by the time that triple threat started and the crowd was just ice cold for that match. Yeah. I think the two, the two nights is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I can't do it. You know, night two on Sunday and I hate saying it, but I was legit falling asleep on my couch. Oh yeah. Trying to watch it, you know? Um, yeah. And it started at 10 AM for me and I'm still trying to stay awake. Yeah. But the other complaint was, of what a fourth hour pay per view, there was what an hour and 20 minutes worth of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Heat Magnet, and this is where Ben and I try and figure out who drew heat this week and why. Our first person who Drew Heat this week comes from AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, Brody King of the House of Black quote tweeted a tweet by WWE. And it was, uh, honestly, it was, it was, you know, if you're an AEW fan, you probably enjoyed it. But WWE on Fox tweeted, name this duo, hashtag WWE Raw at edge rated R and at Archer of infamy. 
which is Damien Priest. Damien Priest and Edge are in a new faction. It's seemingly a dark faction. And Brody King quote tweeted it saying, when you order House of Black on Wish.com. Oh. This tweet would backfire on him bad. Bad. There was a lot of tweets in there from fans that were clearly upset by this tweet. A lot of uh, Ministry of Darkness references, you know, that the minute, you know, that the House of Black is what you order on Wish if you're trying to get the Ministry of Darkness. Uh, one one tweet in particular really got me, and it, and the guy had found an interview that Brody King had done. I'm going to read it real quick, Ben, and then get your thoughts on it. Brody King revealed that as a child, he enjoyed the Ministry of Darkness. That style is something that he believes is missing in wrestling at that moment. The AEW star also spoke about working with Malachi Black, who he's learning from. I think the House of Black, we really have something different to offer. I don't want to compare it to anything directly, but dot, dot, dot. It is very Ministry of Darkness Aurora around it. That was something that latched on to me as a kid. Watching all those crazy looking people crucifying Stone Cold. That was the stuff that was like, this is awesome. That was something that grabbed me as a kid. And I was like, this is what I want in wrestling. This is what I want in movies and music and everything. So to kind of be able to put our spin on something like that and to be the darker element of wrestling that I feel like has been kind of missing for quite some time is awesome. I feel like there's a lot of work with, there's a lot to grow with. And I think that Malachi is one of the best wrestlers on the planet currently being able to learn from him, being able to learn from him. I feel like our chemistry works well together. Our styles are very different, but Hey, work in unison. Uh, those are direct quotes from Brody King. And now he's saying that this faction with Edge and Damian Priest is when you order wit, when you order off a wish to get the House of Black, that's what you got. I think Brody King forgot that uh, Edge was part of the Ministry of Darkness. Ben, what's your take on this? I wouldn't even say he forgot it. I think he was just having some fun. It was a cheap stab. And for me, as he said, depending on what side you take, whether it be WWAW depends on your stance on this. For me, being Impact, I find this fucking hilarious. Like, it's just a cheap stab. It's in good humor. It's just no one can take a joke these days. And I'm like dying with laughter, especially some of these responses whether the responses are the same with cheap humor or they're biting back, like someone put a photo of Christian up there and said, when you order edge on wish.com. Right. And, or the other one was when you order the brood on wish.com. Yeah. And it, and it, and it's a photo of the house of black, mm. you know, so, so fans were having, having fun at it too, but I feel like they were having fun at it, taking more of like a mean direct shot type deal where, you know, Brody had even tweeted later on, hey, guys, it was just a joke. Mm. 
which is I that's how I came across it because I saw the tweet saying it's just a joke. So I went looking for like, oh god, what's it done? And then yeah. I'd seen it. I'm like, really? Like I've seen some stupid shit where fans justifiably blow up. I mean, come on, this was just in good. This was just for some fun. Fans have gone over the top here. Well, this is where you run into you're either a WWE diehard or like an AEW diehard. These are the fans that I see like tweeting at him. Oh, yeah. But regardless, Ben. Diehard AEW fan. Like I'm more diehard WWE, but even I can say that it's not as bad as they're making it out to be. Yeah, no. But Ben, it drew heat. Oh, yeah. Heat. So this week, Brody King, you're a heat magnet. Now, our next one actually stems from WrestleMania, as we were talking about, you know, WrestleMania early in the show. The Charlotte Flair Ronda Rousey match and the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match, the Unification Championship match which, by the way, was billed as going, you know, build the greatest WrestleMania match of all time for Roman versus Brock. That's what they build it as. The producers of both matches was Pat Buck. Pat Buck is also part of Kurt Hawkins' uh, wrestling school, Create-A-Pro. Well, those matches did not pan out, I think, as they expected. Would, would that be a fair assessment, Ben? Yeah, and I, from what my understanding was, with the Charlotte Flair-Ronda Rousey match, it was more of a submission-focused match. Yeah. It wasn't that hard, fast-paced, hard-hitting style. It was more, they were, and even the storyline going into Mania, they were focused on, I'm going to tap you out. No, I'm going to tap you out. No you're a one-hit wonder when it comes to submissions. You've only got the armbar. Next minute, Ronda Rousey breaks out an ankle lock. Yeah, and the match and... Got that new submission around the throat with the kendo stick and all that. Yeah, and the match didn't even end with a submission. Mm. So, anyway... ending was flat. Yeah, it, it really was. But anyway, after we find out the next day, the producer of both matches, Pat Buck, abruptly quits WWE. Now we can speculate why he quit. He had tweeted out he had lived out his dream. He produced a main event match at WrestleMania. The, the Charlotte Ronda match. You know, the I guess co-main event you can probably I guess address that as because as fans we didn't know what the KO show was gonna entitle with Stone Cold Steve Austin, just a lot of speculation. <sighs> so he abruptly quits. But fans were not happy with those matches. Fans were I mean, to me, they're sitting here saying that. Charlotte and Rhonda, I'm going to make you tap. I'm going to make you tap, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Match doesn't end like that. 
I don't want to say it was one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time, but it was definitely the worst match on that night, night one, hands down. Yeah, and that's saying something when you've got celebrities on there. Usually the celebrity match is the worst one. Yeah, and that and this wasn't the case. I mean, I, I mean, also on the same card you had the Mysterios taking on Miz and Logan Paul. And then the other celebrities were night two. Although from what I remember hearing, I don't remember much about watching the match. But that first tag match with the Usos and Shinsuke and Boogs, apparently that was a dud of a match as well. They're like, oh, that just felt like a house show match or a basic SmackDown match. That didn't feel like WrestleMania worthy. Yeah, no, what, what made that hard was Rick getting injured right in the middle mm. of the match. So like that made it like very hard to, to work the rest of what was planned out. So I, I think what we got was shinsuke working his part of the match and then that was it because rick was out you know so Mm. in those in those situations it was all right yo let's let's cut to the end and i think that's what happened um and then later we found out on raw that he had uh torn his quad Mm. and 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 that was it for him and that sucked show it every single week for the next month yeah. It feels uh, like that's what we're getting with Big E. Every single Friday night, they're showing him falling on his neck. And I'm like, yeah. It's so nasty. And I'm just like, please. Oh. So a lot of fans were mad at these two matches. And then it comes out that Pat Buck was the producer. Then it comes out Pat Buck quits. Did Pat Buck quit because he knew there was going to be hot water? Or was his story of family, this and that, true? We don't know. We'll never know the real circumstance of of why, besides what he says, and we just have to take his word for it. But Ben, because those matches were so bad, I think you know what I'm going to say next. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Pat Buck, you're a heat magnet. Now, we're moving on into something that's dangerous territory and I'm oh, only saying it dangerous territory. I'm only saying it's dangerous because it involves Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch, former WWE Hall of Famer. News broke today that in late March, Tammy Lynn Sitch, known as Sonny, was involved in a fatal car accident. Now when you hear the word fatal here in the States, it means someone passed mm. reports reports from TMZ and, and other uh, websites and dirt sheets and everything like that have reported that Sonny was uh, in high speeds. Sonny gets in a car accident and a 75 year old male passes away as a result of the car accident. Now, we could go on and on forever, Ben, on Sonny, but it's a different circumstance when someone passes away as a result of your negligence. And let's face it, this woman has had 
a roller coaster life and career. And that doesn't make anything better or make anything right. She's struggled and there's been times you think she's doing good and then something else happens. Since 2019, she's been arrested multiple times. And even before Mm. 2019, she'd been arrested multiple times, but she'd been arrested for making terroristic threats. She's been arrested for DWI multiple times. She's been in jail multiple times. Like she's not in the Hall of Fame, is she? Sunny is, yeah. She I don't know if they they took her out, but she did get inducted in the Hall of Fame. She she tried back when she did her uh porn movie, she had announced that she was going to sell the ring, but according to her later on Twitter that she did that for the publicity to get people talking about the movie she was making. I don't know if that really panned out the way she wanted it to or not, but it is what it is. Um, It's like when we're talking about this, whenever she gets brought up, everyone just shakes their head and go, Oh my God, she's such a horrible human being. And I totally get where they're coming from. Yeah. And then you'll get some people going, oh, but she still should be remembered for who she was as a wrestler and how great she was in the ring. I'm like, she's just tarnished her whole career. Yeah. Like, it's just gone down the gurgle. But at the same time, as weird as it sounds, I'm in the complete opposite boat when it comes to... Because the same argument can be made with um, Chris Benoit. Everyone's like, oh, he should never go in the Hall of Fame, then you got some people saying, yeah, but what he did outside of the ring was not part of his wrestling career. You should put him in the Hall of Fame for his wrestling career. It's essentially the sort of same situation. Do you focus on just the wrestling career and the Hall of Fame, or do you let the outside life influence the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and I would at this point say being incarcerated isn't going to do Sunny any, any good realistically. She mm. needs rehab therapy and extensive therapy. Uh, the downfall here is uh, she basically killed a man. Oh yeah. In a car accident. And my honest opinion is she's probably going to end up spending the rest of her life in jail after this one. Mm. You know, unless there's like a plea deal, which there usually is, but she's been, in and out of jail so much, and especially recently, this judge's eye, my opinion, is just going to lock her up for a long ass time, which is why I say that she's in jail the rest of her life after this. It's a very yeah. sad situation for the family that lost a father, a grandfather, and things like that. And Sonny's still alive. You know, granted, she's incarcerated, but they're investigating it now to see. Uh, for a DWI in there also. Um, well, I don't the, know. the it go down as manslaughter? It'd be like vehicle vehicular manslaughter is what, what we call it here in the States. Yeah. Um, so there's no, the death penalties off the table. That's not serious. Yeah, yeah. No, this would be something like talk down to where they would like, 
she'd get like 15, 20 years type deal, 15, 25, somewhere in there, something like that, you know? You reckon it'll just be straight jail or do you reckon they'll bring in like a mental institution? No, I, the way the way it works here in the States, she really can't claim, I don't think she can really claim sanit- insanity because they'll just look at her past record and be like, no, nah, you, you have a drug and alcohol issue here. Because that's what anytime she's arrested, one of those two things pretty much are involved. Also, um, I w- I would say it's 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 straight jail time on this one. Um, but again, I'm not I'm not you know not to make light of the situation or anything. She did what she did. Uh, she needs help. Me personally, gel isn't going to help her. She needs extensive therapy and rehab. Take her driver's license away. Don't let her drive no more. Ankle monitor, whatever. Do what you got to do. But she's going to jail. I mean, that's the bottom line, really. Uh, Sonny, you are a heat magnet. Ben, this brings us to our, our last segment of heat magnet tonight probably the most controversial one as it's still ongoing yeah and especially um you had said the differences between characters on tv and then real life like with the hall of fame Mm. but with social media now we're seeing real life be mixed in with the work life as a lot of these wrestlers, their social media of like Twitter and Instagram, you you know, some use their real name and then the at, you know, the handle is the wrestling name mm. or, vi- you know, vice versa. Like anyone in WWE, it's they're using, they're either using their, their real name up top and then their handle is the wrestling or it's both wrestling. Um, yeah. so, so we're not seeing, a, a, you know, now we're seeing it mixed in. We're seeing people's real lives be mixed in. And this is one of those things that we're seeing here is uh, their social media has their, their wrestling names and everything, but they're mixing in real life stuff. And that's where we get to Kimberly Nash Carter. Fans, if you don't know Nash Carter, he is one half of the NXT World Tag Team Champions. But I should say he was one half of the NXT World Champions. As WWE Today has released Nash Carter. Again, Nash Carter was currently one of the NXT Tag Team Champions with MSK, who his tag team partner was Wesley. And if you're wondering why WWE had done this, a week prior to NXT Stand and Deliver, Kimber Lee, who is Nash Carter's wife in real life, also works at Impact, had tweeted that Nash Carter had 24 hours to respond to a tweet or WWE, whichever to which she was claiming abuse allegations of receiving a fat lip. 
She had then tweeted two more times and then deleted those tweets. Now on at Stand and Deliver, we had seen that MSK won the NXT Tag Team Championships. She deleted the tweets. She took a lot of heat from fans, especially over the timing, tweeting, this and that. Mm. And she tweets a, a photo, two photos of like a fat lip and seemingly like a scratch on her face. And she writes, hey, at WWE NXT, this is a face of your tag team champ, Nash Carter, WWE. Got wasted and hit me so hard he split my lip open. He told me I'm a wrestler, so I'm always marked up. I've, I've hid this for a year and even forgave him, but I can't hide it anymore. A lot of the things fans had tweeted was they wanted proof. So she, under the tweet, wrote, you wanted proof, there it is. I'm sorry I backed out, but he was telling lies all weekend to get me not to say anything. And then, you know, fans had pointed out things like, a tweet from her that said, Nope, I'm a proud wife. Another one showed messages then there was another tweet that went on where she said that, and this is all on April 3rd, she, where she says, nope, I'm a proud wife. Then she also says that they're trying to work on things. So it gets very interesting. And then she tweets a photo of Nash Carter from Snapchat. Now, at first I found this kind of weird, but it's a photo of them together at like a Christmas party. Like, as you can all probably see, you're still trying to search. I've got my phone up here. Currently live going on at the moment, as we said, going into this, this is yeah. still happening as we speak. Like, Nash Card is currently trending at number 18 on Twitter. Yeah. So and earlier this morning when we were talking about it, he was actually trending at number five. Wow. Yeah, that's saying something. I mean, two days after Mania, Mania was trending at number two. I'm not yeah. Sure. So, right. so the photo that she posts of him is, this is April 5th. Uh, just another look into the kind of person at, Nash Carter, WWE's dot, dot, dot at WWE NXT at WWE. I've hid so much for so long because I was so mentally abused, not to mention the countless anti-LGBTQIA plus statements him and his family make. And the photo is him with a Hitler-like mustache uh, with his hand out seemingly uh, hailing Hitler. Now, WWE has a protocol of not to respond to allegations and to not have talents respond to allegations. Uh, 
So we never saw Nash Carter respond to any of this. We never saw WWE respond to this. One of the things that struck me was April 2nd from the deleted tweets and then Carter becoming the champion. She wrote, I'm good. I was pissed. We've been going through some shit. I made a shitty tweet and deleted it. We talked. We're in therapy together. Still married. This is April 2nd. Which was that Saturday he had won the belt. That's what where she was tweeting. A tweet came out today that April 4th, which was Monday, Kimberly was actually served divorce papers from Nash Carter. And the person who had tweeted this thinks that Kimberly is being bitter over the fact that maybe Nash Carter doesn't want to be with her anymore. That's how it comes across. And that this is like revenge tweeting. Now, if that's the case, she just cost a man his job. Realistically, she cost him his job. There's, there's no other way to look at it as to why WWE would let a current champion go. And the only thing that I'm seeing right now is I can't tell if they've let him go because of all of the allegations or if they've let him go because she posted a photo of him posing as Hitler. But regardless, WWE has let Nash Carter go. Um, allegations have to be taken seriously. Uh, we do know that there's people who have been out there that have lied. This is one that it really does seem like she waited for the perfect timing, which for him was a big part of his career with the NXT Tag Team Championships. And obviously she knew he was going to win them, which would tell me that they were still talking at that time. Mm. Because look at what she, when, when she first deleted the tweets, she gave him to that day and WWE to respond. Obviously, she deleted the tweets. There was nothing to respond to. But knowing WWE protocol, they weren't going, nothing was going to be done or said by them anyway. Uh, other people had pointed out that maybe Kimberly was mad that she didn't get accepted to WWE like Nash Carter did. Uh, a fan did tweet out No More Impact Wrestling. And she said no, that she's still there. So it's, it's obviously been a little while since she's been on TV with Impact. I know that she works as a vet tech, I believe. But the timing is not good timing, which leaves 
fans to question what her motives were. And then seeing that other tweet saying that she was served divorce papers and everything does really lead you to believe that maybe she's bitter and knew that this was coming. So this is how she's responding. And maybe that she's quote unquote, the crazy one. But then again, I see the photo of him as Hitler with the mustache shaved and his hand is out. And you can't help but think, all right, that's kind of a shitty person. I can't comment on the abuse because I don't know what happened there. I don't know the context behind the photo of him doing the Hitler thing. Whatever the context is for that one, I would say it's not good. But Ben, I'm going to do this part, and I'm and and you can speak your wishes and and what you and your thoughts on it. But I'm going to say this: Nash Carter. Well, it sucks you got released. This week you're a heat magnet. Ben, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? So, uh, yeah, that I'm like 90% sure the photo is the reason why he got fired, as we can't speculate on the abuse, whether it did or didn't happen. Probably shouldn't have posted the photo. Did he deserve to get fired? Mm, that's also up for debate. I mean, look at Lars Sullivan with the um, rants he went on about homosexuality. He got sent to um, sensitivity training. And maybe that's what they could have done with Nash Carter. But then you look at, um, is it Dez's wife that's been standing up for Nash? I think so. I know I saw a tweet where um, Kimberly was like, oh, Dez's wife has been spreading lies or whatever it is. I don't even know her. And then fans have come out with evidence saying, oh, here's a photo of you at the wedding and whatever there was. Yeah. She's saying, oh, we just took, met at the wedding. We don't actually know each other. Then they're showing screenshots or whatever it is of the two girls having conversations. But it's so it just feels like such a double standard because one they had oscar in a nazi gimmick outfit or nazi looking gimmick outfit then there's a video online of jbl doing the goose step plus his arm in the air walking around and this is when he did it he was doing it in germany of all places I mean, JBL could be a whole episode in himself if we really want to go down that route, you know? Oh, I found that video on YouTube. But it just seems like everyone says don't bring it to Twitter, yada, yada, yada. It's not that I'm against keeping off Twitter at all. Like, put it on Twitter, raise awareness. It's just the way Kimberly's carrying on. For me, Kimberly is a heat magnet. She's carrying on. She's she's still going on about it. And she's like trying to drag his name through the mud. 
I'm probably going to leave it there for Stone Cold to stomp a mud hole in. Right? Right? Like, that's like the part that gets me is she knew something big was going to happen in his career. Obviously, they were still talking because she knew that Saturday at Stand and Deliver, he was obviously going to win the championships with his partner, Wes Lee. And even then people were tweeting all oh, that must suck for you. And she's like, and she's literally tweeting. Nope. Supportive wife. These tweets would tell me that you're not supportive and that mm. obviously something happened. Maybe did the, maybe hypothetically, maybe the abuse didn't happen and she's upset that he wants to leave her. Yeah. Exactly. So she's doing whatever she can to ruin him. Now let's say the you know the allegations are true. And again, she still waited. Now she says she says it's been a year. It's been a year, but you still waited for something during his career to happen that would see him have a career skyrocket, you know, into Mm -hmm. the next level of his career type deal. So again, you waited until that happened. Again, this is even if the allegation, whether they're true or not, she still waited till his career would have something big impact it, so to speak. The irony behind that. Now, like, she's trying to take that all away, and she did. She seemingly did. She really, you know, he, he, he lost his job. I'm not going to comment on if the abuse happened, didn't happen. I'm not going to speculate that. The allegations are there. That's up for fans to want to believe or not believe. I'm not going to comment on it for the sole purpose of the fact that she waited until something big would happen for his career and ruin that, Mm. whether the allegations are true or not, whether they, whether these things not just occurred, but like, I'm a big, you know, I don't want to say fan, but like, these are issues you don't post on social media. Like I see like local friends and stuff and people from my hometown posting things like this. And I'm like, why are you posting this here? Like, don't you. There's a difference with raising awareness and sharing dirty laundry. Yes. This is airing dirty laundry. This isn't bringing up awareness. Cause if it was bringing up awareness, you wouldn't have waited for him to have something big happen in his career. And Ben, I think you know what I'm going to say next. Kimberly, because of this, you're a heat magnet. I'm sorry. Fans might not agree, but what does that mean for um, his tag team partner as well? His tag team partner is probably going to get stripped of a title and he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. And I mean, he might not even last in WWE now. They might just be like, okay, well, you're just kind of guilty by association. See you later. Well, the, the whole, you're not Trey Miguel. You're not a single star. Yeah. It's, 
to me, it's a real shame all around for, for everybody involved with this, for those who shouldn't be involved, like a Wesley has nothing to do with this, but his career is going to be affected as a result. I, again, if this wasn't with the timing, if it wasn't for the timing, I would not have referred to her as a heat magnet. I wouldn't. But because of the timing that she waited on this, and, and as I said, seemingly knowing that he was about to win those tag team championships on Saturday, and now all this stuff is coming out right before that happens. Mm. It's like she waited on it, it was for really the wrong been- reasons. She's not bringing awareness in my eyes at this point. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's you hurt me, I'm hurting you. It's tit for tat. That's the stuff that shouldn't happen. That's why, like, I'm very big about this stuff not being on social media. Mm. Like, you know, you had said, you know, wrestling life and private life are separate, but because of social media, they don't keep it separate now. And we're seeing that. And this is one of those instances. Hey, you shouldn't be bringing this up on social media. Uh, you should text your partner and be like, hey, do you want to talk about this? If you were in therapy, your therapist would 100% be against you going to social media and doing what she did, in my honest opinion. Yeah. I'm someone who's been to therapy. I actually, I, I enjoy going to therapy. It's for me going to talk to someone and there's no judging. It's, you know, it's, it's a place to air your dirty laundry and how you feel type deal and this and that without feeling judged talking to somebody. And that's how I feel when I go. That's, that's, that's what I like about it. Mm. You know, she says that they were in therapy together. So I'm, I'm assuming that they were doing like marriage counseling and stuff like that. Maybe he wasn't in it anymore and, and didn't want to be part of it. And she still does because she's sending mixed signals in with her tweets. She's saying, yeah. yeah, you know, he split my lip open this and that, but I'm a supportive wife. Not if you're doing that, you're not. Not if you're sitting there, oh, he beat me up. What are you going to do about it, WWE? Yeah, she, she's very contradictive. Yes. Like, as you said, you don't put that stuff on social media. Like, you don't see me going on social media and talking about the time when I was, what is it, 2098. So I would have been about seven years old when we went on a family holiday to Bali. Mm-hmm. And not being able to speak the language and being a seven-year-old kid, having this strange woman that you knew nothing about, just come and start touching your hair and doing all that stuff in it. And you'd like, no, no, no. Like she asked something, but she didn't understand what no was in Australian. And I didn't know how to say in um, Balinese. Mm-hmm. And like being a seven-year-old kid, I was terrified, like getting harassed by a stranger like that. Cause I think yeah. she's like a, someone off this, when you're not at your hotel and you walk the streets, you can't go five meters without someone trying to sell you something. I think she was trying to sell hair plaits or something. And it wasn't until my dad got away from the guy that was trying to sell him something that he noticed what was happening with me. And he's just gone off and shooed this lady off in the distance. And I'm sitting there as a seven-year-old kid shaking. Going, yeah. You don't yeah. see me airing my dirty laundry like that on social media these days. Yeah. You know, and, and it is one of those circumstances, but... 
I'm very against airing dirty laundry like this on social media. If you're bringing awareness, that's fine. Mm. This doesn't come off as awareness. This comes off as almost like retaliation type deal. Like, oh, you want to divorce me? Well, here, I'm going to air our dirty laundry. Like a prime example, like a screenshot from Snapchat. Like who does that anymore? Who screenshots Snapchats? Like, you know that they're snap, you know that they're screenshotting them. (laughs) I mean, there's certain ones that I'll screenshot too. That's for another day though. But no, this one, like. The way she should have done it was like, look, I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. I just want to raise awareness on this date. This happened. This is how it made me feel. I just want my sisters to be safe. Know that when you're in a situation, this is how you can handle it. If you just want to talk to someone, come and talk to me. You'll go to this number. Yeah. But then when you do that, you know, like when you're giving out like, you know, an abuse hotline phone number, you know, you also tag those like uh, companies or like corporations and stuff that help with those, like those hotlines, those abuse things, like, you know, to get help. None of that's in there. It's just, you know, like I said, things that like were very alarming to me off the get go were, hey, you have 24 hours to respond. Mm. And then she deleted the tweets like, OK, that would you know, that was a little much for me. And then she wrote in another tweet, hey, I'm not ready to tell my story, yada, yada. But then she's seemingly ready to tell it after he becomes a tag team champion. Like the timing for me, it's just something's not right here with it. Again, I'm not going to comment on the allegations yeah. of, of the split lip or anything. I don't know if he did it, what the deal is there. We're just commenting on the timing of it all. And the, the one photo that she showed of him hailing Hitler with a Hitler mustache, as far as the, the abuse allegations, when those can be confirmed and or denied, then we'll bring that up on another episode of Heat Magnet. But for this episode, this is what we're yeah. what we've stuck with. I reckon this it, will be part one because it's still it, ongoing. Yeah, it's ongoing. So like, there's not much more we can go off of besides what she's tweeting. Now we know that when it comes to WWE, again, their rules. Nash Carter, you don't comment on this. We're WWE. We're not publicly going to comment on this. Now that they've released him. I'm expecting that he's going to say something. Would he still be under the 90-day compete clause? NXT is 30 days. So, so basically, if he comments, it'll be in 30 days. Because I don't. I think while they're still under that compete clause, they're still liable yes. to that note. Because during that during that time, they're actually still paid by WWE. Mm. It's just WWE. It's their way of paying them to hey, you're staying at home for a month and you can't do anything. So I would expect in 30 days, yes, we'll get something from him. But I'm expecting that WWE is going to comment on on it much sooner now that they've released him. Because now that they've released him, they can make a statement on it because he's no longer working for the company. Uh, The only thing that I can say is when it comes to stuff like this, WWE generally doesn't fire people and be wrong about it per se, per se. Uh, just, just, that was just the final straw for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that once they had finally seen the tweets and and everything, 
they they probably brought him in and said, "Hey, what's this?" I'm sure he gave them their side of the story, you know, his side, and then I'm sure they had a meeting and we're like, "What do we do?" Speaking of heat, something that's just popped into my head. How are you feeling about Cody Rhodes' return to Raw? Oh. Okay, this is one I wasn't expecting. Because he's drawn some serious heat off that because of all the digs he's taken at WWE over the years. and Yes. Back on AEW and how he's for independent wrestling and building a brighter future for independent wrestlers. And so I don't WWE, he's just throwing that all down the drain. This is honestly a good one to end with, I think. I like this. So <laughs> Cody leaves WWE at the time as Stardust. Goes work a few indie stuff. Ring of Honor, New Japan, stays with Ring of Honor. Makes some new friends like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Ring of Honor helps them with their all-in, their first event, because they're told that they can't sell 10,000 tickets. Ring of Honor helps them. They have their thing. They do well. Then they start AEW, basically rummage through the Ring of Honor roster, essentially get Ring of Honor closed only to get bought by AEW. Cody Rhodes doesn't hear what he wants to hear in AEW. He takes his things and goes back to the company that essentially made him, which is WWE. But he didn't come back, I would say, with open arms. Let's not forget at one of the first big events, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's big concrete chair is there, and Cody Rhodes being Cody Rhodes with an iconic sledgehammer smashes the chair up. You brought up countless digs at WWE. Countless digs with the sports entertainment, which we heard Cody Rhodes refer to wrestling as pro wrestling, a word that Vince doesn't like, but maybe maybe he's coming around. Who knows? Cody's going to need to pick up a dictionary because he's going to need to learn relearn the lingo in WWE compared to what AEW does. I know diehard AEW fans are straight up pissed about this. Oh yeah, you know, and then there's the 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 diehard WWE fans that are happy with it, but also pissed about it at the same time. I'm for one, I was excited to see him re-debut in WWE. I thought it was great. I thought he did a good job. Exactly. I'm okay with him being back in WWE. Yeah, but, but. There's a lot of fans that aren't happy about it, whether it be AEW fans, whether it be WWE fans, whether it be Ring of Honor fans, whether it be New Japan pro wrestling fans. Even though Cody Rhodes right now is probably the hottest thing being talked about in pro wrestling. Ben, I'm going to let you do it. Cody Rhodes for the transition, for the romance you've got going on with your little bickering storyline with young box currently you're a heat magnet 
And ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Heat Magnet. Ben, go ahead and tell everyone where they can find find uh, Aussie Lucian. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at um, Aussie Lucian, so at A-U-S-S-I-E-L-U-T-I-O-N. Um, you, I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Come check me out on Spotify. I'm also a part of the Wednesday Night Wallop Network, so that's w, um, at W-N-W-A-L-L-O-P on Twitter in, and Instagram, also on Facebook at Wed Night Wallop. Also from Wednesday Night Wallop, there's my two Wednesday Night Wallopers, Ryland, so R-Y-A-M Sport Report, and also Kyle at, and I'm going to get this right tonight because of how I've been butchering this Twitter handle for months, um, at Le Legendary. So it's not at Legendary, at Le Legendary. So L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. So come check us all out at the Wednesday Night Wallet crew. Come check all out all our contact, content. You can find me on YouTube or the Wednesday Night Wallet Spotify. We're down on the impact where I talk everything impact wrestling. And if you like Impact Wrestling, I highly suggest you check that out, fans. You can find Perch on the Top Rope anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay. All you got to do is search Perch on the Top Rope. And for fans, we thank you who have gotten us on the Chartable Top 250 in the following countries, America, Great Britain, Canada, Ireland, Germany, Australia and Indonesia. <laughs> we thank you fans. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope or on Twitter at perched top rope. You can find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast. You can also find us on TikTok where we make hilarious Selena scenes with your favorite pro wrestling moments. And my heart will go on by Celine Dion. You can also find a hilarious video if you know who the taskmaster kevin sullivan is he led the dungeon of doom didn't like call kogan and was recently on judge steve harvey you can see the taskmaster kevin sullivan get humped by a dog on tiktok that is tiktok perched on the top rope ladies and gentlemen you can find our awesome video interviews and everything that we do with perched gaming on youtube that is youtube.com slash perched on the top rope This has been another episode of the Heat Magnet, ladies and gentlemen, where we discover who got heat and why. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, spoiler-free is the way to be. Ben and I are out.